there on Friday night we got a glimpse of the Brisbane Roar of old with a late show comeback at Suncorp Stadium with an equaliser coming off a corner. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Brisbane Football Review. It's James and Scott with you as per always. Hello Scott. Hello James, how are you? Good. And coming off the subs bench for Adam who is currently over in Europe, I think trialling possibly for one of the Maltese clubs, we've got Alex from the Queensland Socceroos fan who we decided to call back even after his indiscretion on the last appearance. Yeah, well it was only because Liam wasn't available, let's let's all be honest here. Yes, so, we did get yeah. to the bottom yeah. of the list, but Alex, hello and welcome. <laughs> I'm here, yeah. thank you. You call it indiscretion, I call it joke of the year. <laughs> <laughs> well it is late January, yeah. so it's only a pretty small exactly. sample size. <laughs> oh, that was 2018, technically, so... It was? was joke of last year. Anyway, move on. Don't confuse the host, all right? Yeah, I haven't yeah, had any coffee yet. <laughs> all right. Welcome, everyone, to the show. We're here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Contacts, uh, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook, The Raw Review. We're still working on changing that to Brisbane Football Review. Don't ask. It's a long story. Twitter, at Football. Uh, podcast is obviously on Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and a couple of other platforms as well and we probably should also plug with NPL season starting this Saturday we've just posted our NPL preview special where Scott Adam and myself over the last couple of weeks went and spoke to a bunch of clubs and previewed the show it's a bit longer than our usual show I think but it's what's about 10 interviews with varying clubs around the league so it's have a listen to it it's really good including one of our more scenic interview spots when I went down to Burley to chat with Gold Coast United I thought you were talking to the Seagulls in that interview actually <laughs> it was the Seagulls they were a bit louder actually so yeah, that's was right. Michael Thwaite dressed as a seagull, or no? But no? he did make me feel short, like most players do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to segment one and talk about what is, I would say, a pretty entertaining Brisbane Raw A League clash Friday night at Suncorp Stadium. It looked like it was all going to hell for probably ninety or so minutes. Controversial opening goal to concede, and then another very impressive effort from Kwame Yeboah had the Raw down two 0 at half time before. Toby Mickelson popped up with a goal in the 92nd minute, and then basically with the last action of the game, Adam Taggart with the equaliser. So, Scott, can I just get your opening thoughts on the game? It's an interesting one, because for 80, 85 minutes, it wasn't much to watch from a Brisbane perspective. There weren't a lot of chances created. It seemed like they were struggling to really break the Wanderers down. And you're right, the last five minutes was the Brisbane were of old. It was great to see Toby Mickelson actually really contribute, because he was pretty good when he came off the bench, I thought. It was one of his better games, and... It was good to see him get rewarded with a goal. Hopefully he can build upon that now as the season winds to its conclusion. Yeah, it was good to see Toby Mickelson do a lot off yeah, the bench. Yeah, uh, definitely. And um, I have to follow on from your point, Scott. There, um, it, was, it was great to see him actually do that. But where yeah. the bloody hell's that been all season? <laughs> Dead set. Yeah. Like, Where's it been the last two years? Yeah. No, with Mickelson, I think you're talking about, right? Uh, Mickelson, yeah. yeah I just yeah, thought yeah. with the Roar in general. Oh, well, yeah, that too. Um, but yeah, Mickelson's goal was outstanding. And... Yeah. Um, it, it, it just came out of nowhere. I mean, that was, I guess, what Aloisi had originally brought him in for. And um, ironically, yeah. we only get to see it once Aloisi has got the boot. So, Yeah, well, yeah. look, it's it was a really rough game, I think, for the Raw. Yeah. I noticed a lot of the passing that they've been trying to do under Darren Davies, they were still attempting, but they just weren't sticking. You know, it was a hot, yeah. muggy night. I noticed it. 
I think it's probably a bit of a side impact of the summer of football, but it looked like a lot of the players, both Wanderers and Raw, were really struggling just yeah. with the conditions. Well, Wanderers had their game, I think, on the Tuesday night prior to late midweek, so they were obviously tied, and the Raw have had... Both, I think both clubs had like eight games in January, so it's not surprising that there was a bit of fatigue in there as well, but yeah, mm. it was a bit like that. Yeah. The other thing about the second goal with Tag, it was really interesting. Jamie Young was... Right Not only there. was he right there, he was actually when he played the ball out to the corner after the corner was given. He was, he was right there, ready to go. What so I most actually, like, it was the most passionate thing from a raw player in a long time actually in that moment because he was celebrating hard after the goal as well. Well, mm. I'll keep going on this corner for the yeah. time being, but I do want to share a funny story from mm. wh- like where I was sitting in uh, section three four zero. Was you had obviously the error from Yanyevich, which by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, then you've got then obviously Jamie Young was the one grabbing the ball and yeah, putting it down for the corner, yeah. and I was sitting there. Screaming, he came from the halfway line to do that before all the raw players even responded. That's what I mean. But I was sitting there thinking, "Oh God, he's going to take the corner himself." <laughs> and I was trying to just mathematically work out: Hang on, is he going to be able to get all the way back? Because that was a very that would have been a very interesting sprint for someone who. Let's be honest, yeah. as a goalkeeper, his furthest sprint is usually, what, about 10 metres? Mm. It would have been very yeah. interesting to see. Oh, yeah, I would have loved to see that. It, it was something off a video game, something off FIFA 19 or something, to be <laughs> quite honest. I, and I, I did share your thoughts there, James. I was kind of wondering how that was going to work, whether he was going to get back in time or whether we were going to see a bit of uh, Xabi Alonso sort of halfway screamer or something like that. It was a 96 minute, though. Yeah. It's, I don't I think, think there was, would have well, don't think there was many seconds left after mm. that. Did they even kick off after that? I think they yes, did, didn't they? Yes, they did. Yeah. And they moved the ball about five metres and the ref flew his yeah. whistle. Mm. But look, overall, well, actually, you would know, Scott. Yep. You were up in the media box. Yep. How many of the reporters up there were going, oh, man, I've got to rewrite all this now? Everyone. <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> Everyone loves late drama until you have to rewrite your story on the fly. Yeah, so, so think of the hardworking media members up there. Yeah, please. exactly. Think yeah. of us. Spare a thought for us up there, would you? Exactly. Instead but, of going to the bar early, they were there for the rest <laughs> of the night rewriting the story. Yeah, instead of... Don't you tell tr- people my plans what I do after a game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so up until that point, though, mm. it did look like it was going to be, you know, one, another one mm. of those frustrating nights yep. for the Raw, though. But look, I just want to talk about this from a Wanderers perspective very quickly. Mm. Even though they did collapse late on, they did end their six-game losing run. So, you know, there is some silver lining to come out of that. Also, we've seen young players as well play really well. And Kwame Yeboah in his return was excellent. He's, I know it's been away for a few years, but he looked really, really good. Yeah. He took his goal really well as well. I was actually yeah. joking uh, that, you know, maybe... Uh, how long before we are going to get the Raw should have signed Kwame Yeboah tweets coming through? They haven't started yet? I'm actually surprised they haven't. All right, so I want to talk about the game itself in a little bit more detail. But first of all, let's get the thoughts of Brisbane Raw manager Darren Davies on the game. I think it was... Um... I think I think first half we were disappointed to be um, to be two nil down. I don't think it was a two nil game in the first half, but we made some some poor decisions in defence, and we find ourselves two nil down at half time. So we spoke about that at half time. Um, the second half, I think we were the better team. I thought that um, we were gaining momentum the longer and longer the game was going on. We scored a goal which was ruled offside. We had another chance where. Um, Tags is pulled in the box and he flashes one past the post. Uh, and then positive subs, positive influence from the subs, from the squad, um, which was good. Uh, Jay Barnett comes on, makes his debut. Um, Toby has a good impact. Dills, uh, Toby gets the goal. And then, um, and then I, think we, I think we're good value for the point. Yeah, 
So disappointed um, to be 2 0 down on half time, but good value for the point. So, yeah, it was a good rally, as Darren Davies just said there, but I want to talk about the return of Alex Lopez. Obviously, he missed the Mariners game with what was reported as a calf injury. So, Alex, what, do you, what impact do you think having him back in the squad brought on the night? Uh, look, it gave a little bit more in midfield, but uh, it, it still not it still wasn't quite enough to, to really break down the wonders at times, I thought. I, I don't know if you, you guys agreed, but that, that, that's sort of what I was seeing. I do like him playing alongside Joe Clear, though, because two ball players in there. It just didn't mm. quite click for them both on Friday night. I agree with your point on that, but I do like those two playing together as a pairing. Yeah, certainly, and I think that's probably a pairing that we're going to be seeing a lot more of going forward. Uh, obviously, Matt Mackay was out through suspension for picking up a yellow card. I presume he was still yelling about that, given Matt Mackay's fiery nature. <laughs> but yeah, and then Thomas Christensen was uh, there as a holding midfielder as well, wasn't he? It's actually been that long was ago. Was he? he no, he wasn't there. Who didn't play? Who was in? Coletti and um, D'Agostino. D'Agostino was the attacker, that's yeah. right. I'm, no, I don't, I'm sure Christensen didn't play. Oh, no, he didn't play because I saw him in a suit on Friday night upstairs. That's right, he left the Mariners game injured. Yeah. Sorry, guys, it's mm. been a very long week. Mm. So, If he did play, he's got a twin wearing a suit up on level five. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there goes my point about Christensen being ineffective and not noticing him on the pitch. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so speaking of D'Agostino, Scott, you're, I think yeah. you're president of the D'Agostino fan club. So I believe so. What do you feel, how do you feel like he played in the game? He wasn't too bad, actually. It was one of his better games. He just It just doesn't fall for him, unfortunately. He gets into good positions, has a couple of opportunities, they just don't go in. And that's, I think, a bit of a confidence thing, perhaps. If he can get one to go in, it might really open up for him. But he gets into the right areas, which is encouraging. What, what I noticed about Daggers was more the fact that I'm still not sure exactly what his role is. Like It seems like his best position is playing is that you know attacking mid sort of Brett Holman yeah. role. Mm. But he still doesn't quite seem 100% sure... Like, I don't know if he's getting mixed instructions or something, but he certainly has the ability. Like, his work rate, I personally think it's phenomenal, but it seems like he's still just not quite, quite sure what he what he does well. Like, I was talking yeah. about this with a couple of other players earlier in the season. Like, I know he can do a lot of things, but what's his best asset? Mm. Well, I've clearly I've, stumped you guys. Well, from, from what I've seen of him so far, I think it's... That, that late arrival into yeah. the box. And um, I think going off Scott's um, point earlier, his positioning is um, quite good. It's uh, just getting the ball to fall for him. And I think that that will come. And I think once he does get that confidence, maybe, James, we will see um, him sort of uh, getting himself into even better positions and, and you know, making yeah. those runs and maybe even uh, providing those passes yeah. in the final third that, that do penetrate defences. I think he's never really been a number 10. Growing up, he was a striker in the youth team at the Raw. He was a striker. It's only in the last 18 months under Aloisi he's been put into that number 10 role. As, I think it's not even more of a 10. I think it's more of a shadow striker role. Mm. Like a striker playing just behind. 10 and a half. Yeah. Yep. That second striker making those runs into the box, which is Alex is talking about. I think that was mm. the role he was playing as opposed to a genuine number 10 linking the play. And I'm actually mm. left to wonder, is D'Agostino someone who actually might link up really well with Taggart going forward, who can provide that extra support player there? Now... Mm. We're going to move on and talk about Jay Barnett. He obviously made his debut, uh, playing number 145 for the Raw. Now, he didn't get a lot of time, but he did get on the pitch and make a couple of passes. He had probably a bit of energy in the mid- midfield. Alongside him, him alongside Dylan Windsor Halls, provided real impact off the bench, I thought. That was really encouraging the two young guys. But yeah, Barnett was good to see him get a debut. He's been working hard in the youth team, obviously. Playing well in that side, which has done quite well, and he deserves his opportunity. And 
He also got like 10 minutes left, so it was hard to really judge him upon that, but it was good to see him get a run out. Funny you should mention the youth team, Scott. Let's talk about that right now. But first, let's hear from Darren Davies. Fantastic. And as you say, you know, uh, yet another one of our uh, youth team products has got a, got a debut this evening. And, uh, and he had a positive influence. You know, when he came on, I went, go on and enjoy it. And um, I think he was looking at me as if I was drunk when I told him to get in the box for the corner because there was nobody behind him. And he said, what, me? Um, so uh, I said, yeah, you get in there. But um, he, he was good and uh, he'll be a good player. Yeah, you know, you know, as I say, that's a that's a positive. The, the youth team today, so they can look forward to the grand final next week as well. Um, you know, and I'm I'm a firm believer that um, the sign of success in the youth team is by the number of players you get in the first team. So, um, over the moon for the youth team boys today, and um, and most importantly, over the moon to get a youth team player on an, on the A League pitch. Well, those youth team players will probably have to wait another week to get onto the A-League pitch because they've got a grand final coming up this weekend. Actually, this Friday, at, I believe, 3.20 Brisbane time because the Raw Youth League actually beat Melbourne Victory only 2-0 this time. Not as much, not as big as 6-0 before Christmas, unfortunately. But 2-0 win thanks to Shannon Brady and Daniel Leck, which means Brisbane Raw Youth won Conference A on goal difference. So congratulations to those guys. And look, there wasn't a whole lot to cover from this game because you, you've seen as much of this as we have, Yep. Uh, but we were kind of relying on Twitter updates from Melbourne, so thankfully there was some coverage of it. I believe there's some very grainy footage if you go to Raw Fans in Melbourne's Facebook page, Yes. which may or may not have been ethical, but there is a grainy footage of the game, I believe. Yeah, by part, the so. letter of the FFA broadcasting laws, we'll let that slide <laughs> yeah. because it was a public service. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, at least someone was showing it, right? Yeah, exactly. Surely that's something you could get with a couple of cameras on my football, yeah. but Look, I'll make that argument another time, Alex. Yeah, but this game, this game this weekend will be on there, though. So yes, that's right. Yeah. We're going to preview that in segment four when we talk about the whole weekend yeah. ahead. But it is a good achievement though yeah. to qualify for the youth league grand final for the first time for these players. They've been really good this year. I think they've lost two games all season, so they've been quite good. So now, from memory, this is actually the one men's trophy that the Raw haven't won, and the FFA Cup. Oh yeah, that yeah, too. That's that mm. trophy, yeah. The preseason cup, as it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> the preseason <laughs> cup, yeah. Down in round of thirty-two. Yeah. But there's been a lot of yeah. good signs coming out of this youth side, Alex. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Daniel Leck and uh, Shannon Brady are two of those ones that the scorers uh, can't yeah. be too far off. Uh, maybe a more permanent role in the seniors, yeah. you'd imagine, uh, depending on, of course, coaching staff. Yeah. But I, I think that's probably the case, isn't it? It is, and the point Darren Davies made in the grab there is the appropriate one. It's not so much winning as much as we're going to preview it later. It's how many players you get out of it. How many games from the A-League do you get from this side coming through, which is really the important thing. Mm. It's all good winning a trophy, but if there's no players coming through, it's mm. it loses its value. So hopefully some of these mm. say young players after, after this weekend get their opportunity, because there's a few good players in there. Yeah, certainly. And look, the one player that I actually expected to play a lot in the Youth League side has been Dylan Wenzel-Halls, but He's actually been, I suppose, pressed into necessary yeah. duty with the A-League. So what I think we're getting to see is quite a lot of good young attacking talent. Obviously, mm. we saw Brady, Lech, Mirza Muradovic as yeah. well has been mm. scoring plenty of goals. Yeah. And obviously, you've got... Uh, hang on, just got a text, never mind me. <laughs> uh, obviously, you've also got you know the Duncan boys, who are not brothers, as I found out. And yeah, Aaron Reardon obviously also jumping up as yeah. well. Yeah, there's a few good players there, and they'll hopefully all play in the Youth League Grand Final on Friday. 
certainly. Exactly. And and that's where I think um, the, the preference should be for those lads. They should be playing in the uh, Youth League Grand Final. Uh, I think we all know that Raw's season's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mathematically, yeah. it's still alive, it's alive. but yeah. just about mathematically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, that's going to be it for segment one of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back to talk about the W League right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Alex in for Adam uh, this afternoon. And we're going to move on to segment two now and talk about the finals bound Brisbane Raw W League who clinched that in part with a 4-1 win over Canberra United in the first half of Friday's doubleheader. Now, it was a pretty good game. Two changes to the side who lost to Sydney, and best of all, Hayley Rasso's back in the starting side. Yes, they clinched it in emphatic style, and Rasso was really good in her performance. Well, I think she made 60 minutes in this game as she builds back from what was a horrific injury, so it was good to see her make her first start of the campaign and scored a good goal as well. And we talked in segment one about the dreadful conditions for the A-League match. <laughs> Obviously, the 4.20pm kickoff on Friday would have been just... They were doing the thing. wet bulb test about 15 minutes before kickoff to make sure that the conditions were okay. So, And I wow. get the feeling it might have been one of those conceded passes. Yeah, mm. definitely, definitely. Um, and, yeah, just want to follow up on um, Scott's point. Brilliant to see Hayley Rasso come back. Um, great goal. And, um, look, all the best. And hopefully she can keep building um, with the ladies and uh, with her eye in France. Absolutely, and obviously now for a lot of these players, it is being done with one eye on what's happening yep. in a few months. But yeah, you think like a lot of these players are coming into form, like from a raw perspective, mm. they are coming to yep. form at the right yep. time of year. And one player I really want to single out is Lyra Toby. Yeah, she's in fantastic form in front of goal. It's really good. She found some form last, a bit of form last year when she was almost thrown into the role because Waikiki Chung didn't quite work out. But she scored five goals last year, I think, up to six now. So. She's doing very well in that front. It adds a lot of pace as well to the side, which is good. Mm. But um, obviously we'll start off... Well, not start off, but move on to Hayley Rasso opening the scoring. But before okay. we do that, let's get the thoughts of Raw Coach Mel Andretta on the game. It's a great venue to play at and, uh, you know, a special occasion as well for Polks. Um, I think it was a performance due to come uh, and it's nice to have some, you know, players welcome back again. I seem to be saying that each week, really. Uh, and Haley getting more minutes too. So lots of different achievements today that made that performance, you know, a positive one. So obviously a very happy Mel Andretta there. And we'll start off talking about the opening goal from Haley Rasso. So was able to just slip through unmarked and got in for the with a very composed finish. It was a very, very good finish, actually. And a goal very similar to a lot of goals that Haley has scored in the past. She almost scored one like that last week as well against Sydney in the first 15 seconds. Those runs in behind is what Haley's really good at, so... Mm. It was like she'd never been away, yeah. really, wasn't it? I mean, and and it really shows classes uh, permanent. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one thing that is really good to see is the fact that she hasn't had any sort of nerves or rust really coming back. No. Mm. Against Sydney, came yeah. on and had a chance in, what, 90 seconds. And yeah. in three, four minutes or something like that, was able to open the scoring here. So yeah. that's a really good sight to see. It's very good. So, Canberra got themselves back into the game with uh, Flannery heading close. That was after a Bray header. A free oh, right. header. Yeah, the, the second goal was ridiculous defending from Canberra. It was a corner and Bray was free at the back post. I mean, Always good to see the yeah. uh, raw holding midfielder yeah. getting involved with a header. <laughs> and former Canberra players scoring against their old club too is always fun. Yeah. Razzo and Bray, of course, both from Canberra. Oh, mm. previously played for Canberra. But we're very glad they're in orange. Now, Canberra mm. got themselves back into the game with Flannery heading home from close range from a corner. 
Speaking of not great defending from corners, yeah, I would say Canberra's defending was worse, but yeah, it was a little bit of a shut-off moment, I think. But mm. you know, they got yeah. back into it and managed to pull it away with mm. goals from Nagasato and Toby. And Nagasato, mm. what a strike! It was. Before I get into that, Heather Garrick was not happy with that, by the way. The, the, they got themselves straight back into the game and very quickly gave away a couple of soft goals from her perspective. And it's kind of saying that's the um, way their season has gone because they're now out of finals, of course. So for them, it was very disappointing to concede those goals. But yeah, Nagasato's goal was absolutely superb, wasn't it? Great strike from just outside the box. And it feels like she's one of those players that is more and more growing into her sp- uh, spot at the Raw and it's been a really shrewd piece of recruitment. Yeah, definitely and I think that a, a goal like that that she did on uh, Friday is a prime example of her growing in confidence and, and showing uh, her full value to uh, the Raw ladies. The front third recruitment last year was the one thing that probably wasn't right. This year it's been superb because not just Nagasato but Obogu as well has been really good. Having two top quality Visa players in the front thirds really made a difference to this side. Mm, now, I just want to confirm, Chia Bogagu is not going to be called away for any more international camps as uh, in the finals. I hope you? not. You'd really hope not, yeah. <laughs> now, we want to talk about uh, the raw women goal scoring because it's something that's been a pretty big topic of conversation over the last couple of weeks, a mm. uh, couple of years actually, yeah. and the fact that now they've really got goal scoring options coming from just about everywhere. And uh, I think it was you actually, did you ask this in the press conference? I can't remember. Someone asked uh, yeah. Mel about that in the press conference, and here's what she had to say. Yeah, we're, you know, we said it at the beginning of the season um, that we were working on our ability to threaten teams in the way that we attack and obviously convert those chances, and it's it's nice to see the hard work pay off. Uh, and still there are chances, good chances, that weren't taken. So we'll keep working on that and being realistic about the work that we need to do to continue on next week. Uh, but there's plenty of positives to take out and, and that's the different goal scorers and the way that we were um, you know attacking the game so obviously now I suppose there is a bit of a need to look forward because obviously with uh, result, other results going the rules way they've confirmed their spot in the finals this season and I think the big thing for me is the fact that now you know you don't know who to, you don't know which player is going to score but you know that you've got about four or five players that are more than capable of stepping up as needed. And that's and that's exactly what you want, really. I mean, some teams obviously set up in a way that you have, you know, your main outlet for goal scoring. But I think that unpredictability that the Raw ladies have at the moment, as you said, James, with the four or five options, really uh, adds a, an uncertainty to opposition yeah. defences where they're trying to pick up one player, but then they're leaving someone else yeah. free. And the goal goes in. Well, I think you've got to try and, you know, diver- diversify your resources. You can't just say, all right, well, we know we're going to put four or five players like, and basically just crowd out player X. Yeah. We know that we've got to make sure that we've got, you know, the wingers taken mm-hmm. care of, we've got the midfield taken care of. Everybody yeah. has to do a job. And that really opens up it well, really reduces the margin for error for a lot of opposing sides. It does. And they're doing this stuff without Katrina Gorey as well, who's out mm-hmm. for the season. And that's, she's another player who's a regular on the score sheet and creating chances as well. So yeah. that, can't just rock yeah, you, you would have thought with Katrina Gorey out, there might be a question mark over goals and chances created, but other players have really stepped up in there. And obviously, you know, you've got players of different levels of experience. And even in his absence, we should mention uh, the president of the India Page Riley fan club. She's someone who can provide an impact off the bench as well. Hello, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a great test to see if he's listening to that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Well, that's why do you think I mentioned it? Exactly. <laughs> All right. 
So, I think that's a W League recapped suitably. We'll get on to the weekend preview in segment four when we're going to preview all three Brisbane Raw sides in action. But now we're going to talk about the news and start off with... So it kind of came a little bit out of the blue, actually, but Avram Papadopoulos agrees to a mutual termination of his contract, so the big angry Greek is gone. That standard A-League transfer, mutual termination. Mm. Yeah, getting a bit sick of it, really. Yeah. Like, when is the transfer system going to be fixed in the A-League, seriously? Like, it's it's a bit of a joke. Yeah. It's, it's well, it's beyond a bit this, of a joke. It's a full-blown joke, This it? one's a real joke because it's not another A-League club he's gone to. He's gone to Olympiacos in Greece, so you could have... You could I know have got like four months, four months left on a contract, but you could have got something out of it, surely. But could have gotten a bag of footballs, maybe. But what would the Greek economy have to offer? <laughs> <laughs> Euros. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. But it's sold. Yeah. But like jokes aside, it's a very strange move to come yeah. out at this time. Like, yeah, yeah. I do kind. Of, I do kind of wonder. You know, conspiracy theory. James is coming into full effect here. This is. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. <laughs> This is one of those things I actually wonder if there was a little bit of a, you know, wink, not wink, not uh, wink, nudge agreement of look, we know you're not going to be around next season for whatever reason because I think Papadopoulos is one of the players off contract. Yep. Mm. And they've just said, yep, we'll go. You know, if you want to yep. go shop yourself around for a move now, go for it because we've got guys like Aaron Reed and and even Luke Devere is now back in the picture. So, is there a possibility of maybe wanting to move him down the pecking order and? Possibly. Push I, the think, young guys into I think Olympiacos have got, I was reading, have some injury crisis that are at the back. And if he's going to yeah. come in and fill a short term need for them, a player they know well who's played in that league, that makes sense for them. So maybe that's how it came about. And you thought, look, I'm, I'm probably not going to stay here at Brisbane Raw next season. Here's an opportunity. Can I take this opportunity? And the club have agreed to it. So. I believe as well, Olympiacos did sell one or two centre backs okay. as well in this window okay. and injuries as well, suspension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is also what's um, instigated yeah. the move for, for Papadopoulos. And obviously, Greece, it's only going to be getting warmer there over yeah. the next six months. Mm-hmm. So there are worse places to be. Yeah, exactly. Not that Brisbane's not lovely. No, yeah. You keep seeing those uh, yeah. Instagram photos of the Greek islands yeah. and go, I've got to get yeah. there. Mm-hmm. The other thing is your point about the fact that they're all about to go through a bit of overhaul in their squad. Obviously, Avram was a key part of the John Alwissi era, but club's moving on from that. So I think we might be the last player to leave, put it that way. I think he might be the last player to leave this transfer window, yeah. however, considering mm-hmm. it closes in about, what, 30 hours from when we're recording, give or take? Yep, roughly. Mm-hmm. So are we expecting any late business for the Raw, Scott? I don't think so, no. I did think yesterday when Anthony Golek was mm. mutually terminated from the Mariners that that might be like a straight replacement for Papadopoulos coming into the squad, but he's since joined Wellington. No, I don't think there'll be any any business. What about you, Alex? Yeah, I was thinking down the same path as you, yeah. actually, Scott. Um, I'd, you'd think that Raw would have potentially gone in for a, a centre-back, but I don't think there's really anyone available to um, my knowledge, so it's probably not going to be anyone... I think it's only players who are contracted as well. So Ruan Tolinik, who was released earlier in the window, is probably still available for him to go down that path. But did you just look at the computer screen? No, I did not look at. Mm. I did not look at anything. But I was thinking that, but I don't think mm. even they'll bring anyone like that. I just think they'll stick with this squad for the rest of the year and bring through the youth. Fair enough. No, I just googled Ruan Tolinik to make sure he hadn't actually signed. <laughs> he was a player that we were quite, you know, keen on when he was yeah. with. Uh, Melbourne City, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 And obviously, then went to the Wanderers. That didn't work out, but. I would have loved to have seen them bring him in, but mm. from a player like from a player perspective, I can actually understand why he would be a little bit nervous signing, making a long-term commitment to Brisbane, not knowing who's going to be the yeah. next coach. But I'd still take him. 
But that's just me. And I think that's why there's not been any activity in this window. Yeah. Just uncertainty over the coaching situation. They're leaving it until the new coach is here, which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. And probably even um, to do with the ownership as well with that uh, with that bid. That's a very good segue, Alex. Yeah, thank you. Segue of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to take over hosting? No, it's all right. I'll leave it with you, James. <laughs> all right. So SBS uh, had a report from David Lewis that the Backries have rejected an $18 million bid to buy the club. Apparently, they're still holding out for a figure, you know, upwards of $20 million. Yeah. But that's yeah. about the same sort of figure that was quoted last time, just a couple of years ago. They were looking mm. for somewhere closer to $30 million. Was the figure last time? So technically, recall, the price so might have dropped. May very well have dropped, mm. but it's still. I don't think they're going to be letting it go anytime soon. As much as people might want a change of ownership, I just don't think they're. It's in their plans to do that. No, that, and that's totally fair. Like, obviously, there's a lot of discontent towards the back risk, considering a lot of the drama that's gone on, and you know that the only way that I think they really can try and bring a lot of that goodwill back is basically just, you know, actions speak louder than words. Yeah. Show us what's going on. Right and going forward, and yeah, we'll have to see what the future holds. Now, considering the source of the report, I do think it has to come with a little bit of a grain of salt. Just throwing just that out there. Yeah. And with that grain of salt, I actually want to move on to the NPL because that kicks off this Saturday night. And yes, I don't know about you two, but I'm excited. Yes, yeah. very much looking forward to this. It's been a long off season and an even longer season coming up. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> off season could have actually been a little bit longer, but. We got uh, local football back this weekend, starting at Lions Stadium, 6 p.m. Lions hosting Peninsula Power in the Football Foundation Shield, so the NPL champions hosting the FQPL champions, and I think you might hear a familiar voice in commentary on uh, Saturday night. No hints yes. about who. I think but they're going to make that an annual event, aren't they? The football. What do you call it? The football. What a familiar fo- voice. No, the football. The football foundation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and see on that. But the Football Foundation Shield, I think, it's going to be an annual event for yeah. the champions of the NPL, champions of the FQPL, making that the. Uh, the season kickoff, almost like the Charity Shield in the UK, for example. Which yeah. I think is going to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a great idea for, for the NPL and sort of, uh, I guess, generate a little bit more interest in the opening game of the season and, and really also looking to um, consolidate the, the you know promotion relegation between the FQPL and yeah. the NPL. Certainly. And you can listen to our NPL preview show on all of our podcast feeds as well because... Yeah put quite a bit of time and effort into that and we'd like it to actually you know do yeah. some decent ratings and you actually get to hear from like nine of the clubs all up it's so, nine or ten yeah who's your local club Alex oh I'd probably have to say Brisbane City okay yeah which um hello Simon yeah, yeah and um yeah a bit, a bit of controversy there out in the uh, during the week yeah there was a friendly Chinese team that was interested yes. mm. but um can yeah. recommend the food down there too it's fantastic oh, at yeah. Brisbane God, I City. could go for a pizza right now mm. Anyway, while I'm getting distracted <laughs> talking about food, we should also mention the Western Pride versus Brisbane Raw youth game scheduled for Saturday evening has been postponed because most of the Raw uh, NYL yep. side will be down in mm. Sydney for the grand yep. final. Yep. Now, I was actually heading out to that game with um, Liam, mm. uh, the uh, president of the uh, Dylan Wenzel Halls uh, fan club. <laughs> and... Um, so, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate we yep. don't get to go out and see that one. But, uh, you know, I'm sure it'll be postponed for later in the season and uh, looking forward to it. Well, actually, should, you know how we try and name all of these, you know, rivalries and whatnot? Should we call Western Pride versus Brisbane Raw Youth the Dylan Wenzel Halls Derby? Ooh. Ooh. I don't see any reason why we shouldn't. Yeah. All right. So I, the, I, look, I'll vote for Liam and he'll say yes. <laughs> he will, he will uh, most love that. That's right. All right. Um, yeah, so... That motion's carried. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, Olympic, obviously, are on a bye, so 
I'm sure they're going to enjoy yes. one last weekend before they're back in action. It's always an odd one when you draw the buy first up. I mean, that's yeah. kind of rough, isn't it? You build mm. up all this time for the new season and mm. you've got to buy. Yeah, it would be a bit of a kick in the uh, proverbial region, wouldn't it? So. Yeah, it wouldn't be, a, wouldn't be a lot of fun, but... Mm. Oh, well, Meg, do. I'm actually very much looking forward to uh, Gold Coast Knights against Mackay. Uh, that, yeah. I think, is going to be a very, very interesting game yeah. because, obviously, Definitely. yeah, uh, one person you get to hear on our NPL preview show is Grey Pittick, yes. so, from Gold Coast. So. The return of the old Gold Coast City in, in New Colours. It'll be interesting to see how they go. The other game I'm intrigued by is Brisbane City and Redlands, two clubs we haven't really seen much from this season, see where both of them are at. The podcast been... guests, Darby, between Simon and Angela. Well, yes. Now you, we're going to name all these things Derbies, aren't we? At least until, I, at least until I run out of steam yeah. and forget one week. But, yeah, but those two clubs have been pretty quiet in preseason in terms of player announcements and preseason results and all the rest. It'll be interesting to see where they're both at. Yeah, certainly. All right. So and all these games are live streamed as well, so if you can't get out to the games, they are available on, I believe, the Football Queens on YouTube channel. Certainly. You can watch that, them. Yeah, check those games out because there is some really good stuff going on in local football right now and you never know when you're going to get an instant classic. All right, that's going to wrap up segment two and we'll be back with segment three to talk about, oh good, the Socceroos. We'll be back right <laughs> after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Gordon, Alex here, and we're going to move on to segment three, talking about the Socceroos. Now, we brought Alex in for this show because we were hoping there would be an Asian Cup final to preview. Mm. Unfortunately, we've got a quarterfinal exit. Now, Alex, you're part of Socceroos, now Queensland Socceroos fans, yes. yes I almost yep. said Socceroos Queensland, but yep. anyway. Close enough, close enough. Yes. How can people get in contact with you? Uh, yes, they can find us on Twitter at, uh, the handle is at Socceroos uh, Queensland, QLD. That's where I got it from. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, and uh, the Facebook page is Queensland Socceroos Fans. All right. Scott, yes. do we have to talk about this? Yes, because I sat up till 5am watching this nonsense on, on Australia Day. That was my, that mm. ruined my Australia Day. That was yeah. the most patriotic up, thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I did that day because I ended up yeah. sleeping most of the day yeah, after was, the double header. I was depressed afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't do anything. So, so yes, yeah, so I stayed until 5am. Yes, we have to go through all Thanks of this Thanks for doing now. the live coverage on that, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. You can cover the World Cup games in France. Not, be, sending you to, not sending you to France, but you can cover them from here. <laughs> Damn. All right, so... Almost, almost. Yeah. Yes, Socceroos. Um, quarterfinal exit to the tournament host UAE. It was the third game where they hadn't managed to score a goal. So let's start off talking about the game specifically. Alex? Yeah, okay. Um, look, I want to try and break it down a little bit here. Don't um, swear. And Yeah, don't swear. Thank you for the reminder, James. Uh, look, one to break it down. Let's um, start off with... Um, I guess by putting aside the fact, yes, this is almost a B team that Graham Arnold had to select from, and he didn't have Tim Kale, Millay, Yednak. Okay, and Fair actually, enough. before we get onto that, we should mention as well, obviously, the tragic story about Mobile's sister. So condolences yes, to him yeah, and his family for that. Very much so. Um, uh, who was one of our best players, and um, uh, very sad news um, mm. to hear after the game. Um, but look, let, let's go back to August um, when Graham Arnold was, uh, you know, uh, you know, pumping up the boat, so to speak, uh, with the, with the press conferences. You know, they, he was saying there was no issue with um, getting goals. Um, we had the players to do so. Um, you know, the next thing we're, we're hearing him say, I've watched the big teams, I've watched Paris, I've watched Liverpool, we're going to play like Liverpool. 
Um, we're going to win all the games, seven from seven. I wish okay. Liverpool played like that, by the way. I'd be much happier if they played like <laughs> soccer. Is. I wouldn't be. I would. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so, yeah, as you said earlier, James, uh, there were two games where we didn't score. So it was 210 minutes yeah. in total, I think, between goals. Yeah. Um, we scored... Uh, six goals in two games and I think uh, the six goals were from five different goal scorers mm. um, the problem really was that we couldn't break down the defences yep. really I, I, I saw mm. you know the, the full backs pushing on high up the pitch okay yeah that that's maybe a Liverpool trait but there's a lot of space in between uh, the, the holding midfielders were sitting so far deep that they were almost a back four with Sainsbury and um, Degenek, yeah, yep, um, of course. And Rogic was just completely isolated. He was suspended um, in this game. He didn't play. Yeah, I, but just well, only like, but, yeah. but but in general, yeah. yeah but yeah, um, of course, he he wasn't in that game. And uh, you know, it, it, it the the in in the UAE game itself, there was two strikers and. McLaren and and Giannu just didn't seem to really link up. I I, mm. I felt like there yeah. wasn't much of a link up between. I think them. the UAE game is symptomatic of the problems Australia have in Asia. They just mm. do not have the goal scorers at, at the international level. I know. Yes, Arnold points out mm. there were injuries to what Arzani and Boyle mm. and who else was but, there? There was a couple of them available. Right? A striker. None of them are a striker. Yeah. Martin well, Boyle is, yeah. is is not really a striker. Well, he's he a winger, ca- but he's I a goal think, Yeah, he kind of, kind of set it up to have like the wide players contributing to scoring goals, and they weren't there. I accept that as an excuse, but mm. the truth is, even before that, we haven't been able to score goals in international competition, even in Asia. I mean, and especially in the yeah, Middle East as yeah. well. Like, mm. it's a region that Australia has yeah. had trouble playing in mm. in the past. Now, it is. Obviously, yeah. you've got to take out the 2011 mm. tournament where they made mm. the final of the Asian Cup in Qatar. The thing is, though, just. The, the really symptomatic of the the problems Australia have in Asia of the way teams okay they've really worked out if you sit back against Australia and condense the space and hit on the counter attack you can cause Australia real problems in terms of the fact that they have a lot of possession but they can't do much with it and they mm. do, and Australia still fall back to that lump the ball into the box so if you prepare for the area of bombardment like the um, UAE did with the centre back had an unbelievable game clearing a lot of those crosses you can have some success against Australia and the UAE did it, Jordan did it and mm. plenty of other teams in the past have done it as well and I think a lot of teams will look at that and say, right, that's how you compete against Australia and until we figure out a way to do it, to beat it, it's the way teams are going to play against us so we've got to better get used to it. Well, the thing that I suppose really gets me is the fact that, okay, great, they're dominating possession and everything but where yeah. are all the shots, like where are the yeah. shots coming from? Like that's how many nice. shots did they yeah, have? Like, how well, many clear-cut you- chances were there in that game on Saturday morning. The UAE game, it was we had 22 shots in total yeah. and two of them on target. UAE yeah. had seven shots and I had two on and target. Can, so work yeah. that one out. I can like. clearly remember the UAE's best chance. They had a header just over the bar just mm. before half time and they had a great chance on the break when Milligan coughed the ball up. I forget who it was. The left winger had a great chance, great save from Matt Ryan. The only chance mm. I can remember for the Socceroos was Trent Sainsbury's early header, yeah. which was a free header from a call. That's the only clear chance I can recall from the Socceroos. Yeah. In that game, and that's the point. They've got plenty of possession, but there's nothing at the end of it. I'm loath to rely on, you know, advanced stats and talk about, you know, Mm. expected goals and everything, but it really does bear noting... Like, one of the ones I would love to see more is good chances uh, relative to time in possession, where, you know, if you're holding the ball for 60-plus percent of the game, but you're only fashioning one good chance, what good is having the ball? That's the thing. Ten years ago, when football was all about possession and with the Pep Guardiola stuff, that was... The thing, it was great to have the ball. You get more of the ball, you win the game. Now, teams are so good at when they get the ball back off you in the station, breaking quickly. Teams are so good at that now. Having teams have got smarter on how to respond yeah, to that. Teams, if, you've, if you're in attacking positions and you cough the ball up, 
you're more than likely going to concede a chance to another one within five seconds because teams are so good at that now. Well, it's the problem of everyone trying to replicate that yeah. Pep Guardiola style where when he you know, brought it to Barcelona, there was a lot of, oh, this is revolutionary. No one's seen it before. So no one knew how to defend it. But then when you know four or five clubs every year tried to become that sort of Barcelona style, mm. even Ange Postecoglou's Brisbane Raw, mm. yeah. now you see every team knows how to defend it. Mm. And de- and and for sure, and I think um, also international football. You, you have to remember, you only have such a short amount of time to to really mm-hmm. coach the players. You can't really at club level what what Pep Guardiola is doing. He's training those boys day in day out. Yeah. Arnie's got you know what a couple of days at a yeah. time to do it. Um, Even before and, this tournament, he only had a couple of yeah, days exactly. because he allowed a few of the key players to arrive late to appease clubs. And that's why mm. international football, you see teams like Jordan, uh, Uzbekistan, UAE, etc., etc., mm. defending deep because mm. it's easier to organise a team to defend yeah. and hit on the counter. It's, mm. it, it's, it's just almost a default position for mm. coaches these yeah. days It's easier international to, football. Yeah. It's easier to say, hey guys, don't let them score. Yeah. But, yeah, look, I think there's still a lot of work to be done with this Socceroos squad. But as you were talking about before, Scott, I do think that there's a lot of, uh, I suppose, encouragement going forward. And my big concern, I was actually really happy to see two strikers selected for this game, like Mm. Gianno and McLaren. I thought that's a really promising bit of flexibility from Arnold. The fact that, okay, maybe it would have been done a little bit by necessity, but... It showed that he can at least try and deploy a couple of different setups. He went back to his Sydney FC setup almost with like McLaren playing the Brosk role and Yanu just without coming, the swearing from Alex Brosk. Absolutely, and Yanu coming in as the big target communist. man, a la Bobo. He kind of went back to that, and it didn't quite work out in this game. But there might be something there. Having having a partner for Jamie McLaren up front might very well be get the best use out of him because I think he's better with someone to play off. So yeah, certainly. And look, I know I love to heckle Robbie Cruz, but. I actually thought in the time that he was actually on the pitch after the, not including the Jordan game, I thought yeah. he was actually pretty good. Well, as the president of the, uh, the Robbie Cruz fan club, and it's a fan club of one in this country, I think, he had a really good game, I thought. I thought yeah, he was very UAE, good. I thought he was very good. In, even in this tournament, I thought he was good in the Jordan game as well. The only other game he started, but that's just me. Certainly. Uh, yeah, so we should also touch on the passage of play that did actually eliminate the Socceroos and talk about Milos Degenek. Look, it's one of those moments that you'll continue to that'll linger in his mind for sure yeah. but you, you hope it doesn't really harm him as a player yeah definitely not because Degenek is I, I, for me I think he's the player that um, you build that back for on for, yeah. for the soccer is more than the century decade. Um, I, I, th- I think he's brilliant I, mm. I think he's good and uh, the, the key though is mm. as you've said James is how he bounces back yeah. from this now um, that that sort of error can really play yeah. um, quite a big mental toll. Mm. I mean, you, you have to look yeah. at what Loris Karius is doing mm. over in, in Turkey. He's still making absolutely horrible blunders mm. after the, the Champions League last season. And mm. I, I don't hope that on anyone, yeah. and, and especially not Milos. Yeah. So. I have to say, at 4 o'clock in the morning, if it was, I was right there with everyone else cursing Milos Degenek for what happened. But I guess that interview he gave after the game where he basically said, yeah, it's, it's on me. Hmm. I apologise. That was really great forthright. Honestly, you don't always get from players. Although that was really good. And I don't think it was totally on him as well. But no. no. That's actually, the way he phrased it yeah. in his, in his mm. answer. I oh, know. Like, it's good it, to see him yeah. really stepping out like that. But that being said, I think what he saw was, so I don't know if he was or wasn't clipped. I still can't see a clear replay. But I think his reaction to that was really emblematic of the frustrations the Socceroos had had at this mm. tournament where... Mm. 
it seems like there was a lot of, can we just get one thing to break our way? Can I also offer an alternative view of, of the situation? Um, oh dear. I wanted to sort of raise the fact that he didn't really get a call from Sainsbury that someone was on his back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I thought Sainsbury could have um, done better. You know, this this is Trent Sainsbury is a guy that was in the frame for the captaincy coming into this tournament, yep. given to Millsy, of course. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're a captain, sorry mate, you got to be you got to be calling. That's you got to be calling that. You got to be marshalling your defenders and letting them know. Yeah. Milos, there's someone on your back. That's a very good shot. You can also, you can also have, throw yeah. Matt Ryan into that discussion as well, who yeah. was right there, the ball pl- being played too. He, could, he could have also... Yeah, like there were a few other options there as well, yeah. but yeah, it was unfortunate. Now, overall, I'll get this very... very I'll try and get this uh, as succinct as possible. Mm-hmm. Quarterfinal exit to the UAE. Pass or fail? Uh, I'm going to say fail because of the way the draw opened up and um, I think the, 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 the lack of cohesion in the team. I lean towards the same fail because they, I know they're the host nation, yes, but mm-hmm. it's an opponent that you would have looked at and thought, yep, if we're in form, we can win that match. Yeah. If, right. they had, if they had have drawn, say, Korea or Japan, as we all speculated, they mm-hmm. might and they'd lost in quarterfinals. Okay, fair enough. But mm-hmm. the UAE, even at home, you would have... You would have thought so. So yeah, and they didn't. They didn't play yeah. that well. I thought yeah. we had. We, yeah. You know, if we were on form, we could have done them. As, as you said the draw opened up for them, but I know UAE went on to play Qatar this morning, but mm. on Wednesday morning. But mm. I think I'm not even sure we would have beaten Qatar if we had played them no, anyway. Probably wouldn't. Have. In truth, the way we're playing, if we got through, no. I think they would have beaten us quite as quite comfortably. I think I was a little bit more pessimistic than you two going into the mm. tournament. I actually mm. kind of had them earmarked as a quarterfinal exit, possibly mm, yeah. even to the UAE. I'll have okay. to go back and listen to that. Yeah, but. I would like to listen back to that because I believe I raised the issue of no goals back then as well. So I'll just. I think uh, everyone. Did. <laughs> Actually, yeah, good yeah. point. Yeah. But yeah, That's I think a common. Yeah. But common uh, so I guess I technically have to give them a conceded pass, yeah. all mm. things considered. But mm. I'm still not happy with it. And no. obviously now you've got World Cup qualifying mm. starting up. Is it later this year? I think it's, yeah, it's early just... next year, isn't it? Because the tournament's been pushed back six months. Oh God. But okay, yeah. we're in trouble there because people say, oh. We've struggled the last two. We also struggled in 2010. If you look at some of the away results, like a draw away to Japan, that was a lucky result. A last-minute win away to Bahrain, that was a lucky result, which mm. helped us get through. So I think, again, until we figure out how to score goals against packed defences, we're in trouble against a lot of these teams in Asia. Well, pressure's mm. on. All right, we're going to take a break and preview... We'll go back to the Brisbane Raw for segment four and preview all three teams in action this weekend. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. And we're back on the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Alex here with you this afternoon and should run through the contact information once again. Obviously, brisbanefootballreview at gmail.com. Facebook is the Raw Review. We're still working on changing that. It's a long story, don't ask. Um, Twitter, at BNE Football. Podcast, obviously, Wooshka, iTunes, Spotify. Feel free to leave a review and... Tell us just how amazing Scott is. Or as I would say, all good, all good podcasting outlets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, we've got a jam-packed se- segment four, so let's get right into it and talk about the Youth League. Now, they've got the grand final list Friday against uh, Western Sydney. It is live on Fox at 20 past three Brisbane time. Uh, if you're in a different time zone, work it out for yourself. I don't do maths. It's also uh, on the app as well, the My Football Live app. Yes. If you can't uh, get to a television, you can watch it on your phone as well. Yeah, what would anyone be doing at 3.20 on a Friday afternoon? Exactly. Mm. 
All right, so all-time versus Western Sydney in the Youth League. Played six, won three, drawn two, lost one. But it's been a while since they played <laughs> yes. against each other because of the conference system, Scott. I had to go way back into the archives to find those stats. I can tell you that much. But, yeah, it's been, what, four years since they played the Wanderers now. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they, how they stack up. Because that's the interesting thing. You've got, like, two separate leagues here, and now it's, mm. they don't cross over at all. So it's interesting to see how, they, how the two leagues compare. And another game for a Sydney side not outside New South Wales. <laughs> what a surprise. Mm. Um, also just wanted to say how much of a coincidence it might be that both the Raw and Wanderers youth teams make the finals and are the only three academies um, in the system. So. Well, I'm glad you're paying attention. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally missed that. Yeah. yeah, just thought I'd throw a little fun fact in yeah. there for everyone. So it's just a fun fact. Yeah. All right. So, what are we expecting from this game? Are we going to take? Are we going to see what is probably a full strength raw youth lineup? So we're going to see the likes of Aaron Reed and uh, Bryce Baffert. Yeah. 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 And Jay Barnett as well. Yeah. Daniel Lech, Shannon Brady, and whatnot. I would hope that they will play. The interesting mm. thing is they will. Um, release Joe Coletti down to play in this game. Obviously, Matt Mackay will be available back for the A-League side, so maybe there's an opportunity for Joe Coletti to play in this game as well. Potentially, he's played a fair few games for the Y-League side this season. It'd be interesting to see... Because that'd, that'd be a good test of how seriously the Raw are taking this. If you take Joe Coletti out of your seat and you're starting 11... And, and Aaron Reardon. Aaron Reardon as well. Mm. Well, Pepper's back available, so Reardon will be available for this team. But interesting to see, because Coletti's been part of the A-League side a lot lately. That'd be a great test of how seriously they're all taking this game in terms of do they want to win it? Are they going to try and win it at all costs or not? Mm. Yeah, or or do they continue with yeah. I guess the rest of the uh, the, yeah. the lads that have been playing in midfield this season? Yeah. Um, I guess it's a a, a bit of a catch twenty two yeah. for them, isn't it? They've so. got options, which I suppose yeah. is a good thing. Mm. I suspect Kalei will play in the A League, by the way. In the A League, yeah, I suspect mm. he'll be in the A League squad. Fair enough. Mm. And actually, actually. I'm just uh, spitballing right now. I wonder if we're actually going to see anyone doing double duty. I'd be very difficult. If you, I think if you play in the Wiley game, you will be ruled out of the A-League game just by the, the restrictions. You've got to rest 72 hours well, after the game. I've seen players do both. I've seen, I remember there used to be mm. players that have played like a Friday night mm. game in the youth league. Oh, Daniel Leck last year. He played, was it? Oh, yes. That's what he did too, yes. So like, I'm, I'm thinking mm. there may be a certain time thing where if you only yeah. play... One half. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That it's just something sense. I'm throwing out there as well, mm. where if you do need to, you know, make some players available for both teams, mm. it's an option. Would it be mainly that you would be restricted to the A-League bench, potentially, if you play? Yeah, that would make sense, because Leck played 45 in that A-League game you were referring to and came off the bench. Yeah. And so it might be a total of 90 mm. minutes played over a, a week of football or something. Something like that. Anyway. All right. So, a uh, quick prediction for this game. We'll start off with Scott. We're all predicting a Brisbane win, right? Absolutely. We have no, I have no idea how good the Wanderers are, or otherwise I know people think very highly of them, but mm. I've seen the Raw team play, that's in, I can go off. So, And I want them to win it. So, And I'm sure around the block we'll be picking Western Sydney to win. <laughs> all right. Fine. Next Brisbane Raw game on Friday is the W League. Now, they're away to Adelaide on Friday night, and this is what Mel Andretta had to say about that game. Um, I didn't realise that, so... <laughs> I didn't, you know, I don't sort of look at you know, home and away records. For us, uh, each game we take on its merits and it's what the preparation we do in the week that's really important and being consistent um, with how we prepare uh, through the processes that we have in place. And I think that's why um, we've seen such uh, consistent performances away from home because it's what we do at home as well. And 
Adelaide's a different kettle of fish. They're a very different side to seasons gone by. Uh, and, you know, we'll know that we'll have a really tough contest and, and have to be ready to perform again like we did today, if not better. So as mentioned there, the Raw haven't actually lost away to Adelaide in the W League with five wins, zero losses and a draw. So that's encouraging, yes. right? Mm. It is, but the last time they played, Adelaide came up with a 1-0 win up here. And I think Sarah Willsey, their goalkeeper, had an absolutely superb game for them that day out at Lions. So... But I do think this yep. is a very different Raw W League side yep. now. It seems like they're really coming into their own as of late. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit unfair to judge them based off that last game, but that, that is the only really uh, barometer you have. So uh, the the Raw ladies have certainly clicked into gear and you'd expect a win here, yep. I, I think. From, from memory, from... that game was in round three, so I think it was Yuki Nagasato's first game for the Raw at that time. And I think mm. well, a couple of other players that, were in international duty as well. So it was um, an interesting time for the Raw. on an international weekend? I'd, just out of curiosity? A, I, I genuinely recall. don't remember. But mm. I'm wondering if actually it could have been uh, that game that I said was like an extended preseason or something. Highly possible. Mm. It was very early in the season. And the, mm. To Alex's point, the Raw are much stronger now than they were back then. Certainly. Mm. All right. So let's get into uh, the permutations for the Raw this mm. weekend. Now... Uh, to claim the Premier's plate, well... <laughs> As your watch goes off? Yeah. Not the only Apple watch that's gone off I've heard this week, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you've, been, you've been looking at a few FaceTimes as well, or...? No, the thing yeah. just uh, started to turn up Siri. Anyway. Um, actually, if you're listening to this on the speaker, hey Google, play the Brisbane Football Review podcast on Spotify. <laughs> oh. All right. Shameless play. <laughs> Oh, I've got to take yeah. what I can get. Yeah. Anyway, the permutations for the W League draw yeah. this week. So, Melbourne Victory women have a game in hand, So, mm-hmm. uh, and they're both tied on 20 points. Now, that makes it very, yeah. very difficult for the Raw, because basically they need to win and turn around a three-goal yeah. difference and have the Victory lose at least one of their remaining two yeah. games. They do play Perth Glory in their regularly scheduled league game this weekend in Perth, so there is it's hopefully, fingers crossed, Sam Kerr puts about five goals past them. That'll, that'll make things very much easier for the Raw, but... They do need actually the Raw need to win this game quite comfortably as well to help boost their own goal difference if they're going to have any chance mm. of catching Melbourne victory. Yeah. So. so there's a lot of pressure on that big win obviously yeah. to have any chance of the Premier's plate. A win would secure second spot. Mm-hmm. A draw might secure second spot, but it would leave a lot to chance yeah. mm-hmm. uh, because obviously you've got Sydney FC and Perth on 19 points each behind them, yeah. mm-hmm. and with Perth playing Melbourne victory as well, you know Perth are going to be going all out in that one. And yeah. uh, then you've also got Melbourne City on 16.2. They play Sydney FC in yeah. their final game, so... Yeah, so basically, the Raw can't drop... If I'm if my maths is correct, they could still drop to fourth, yep. but they'd need Sydney and Perth to win both of their games. Yes. If Sydney and Perth win and Raw lose, they will... And also above. Sydney and Perth both get draws and raw lose yeah. because Sydney and Perth also have superior goal difference. God, I hate maths right now. <laughs> it's very confusing in the W League season, isn't it? Things can change in an instant. It's one of those It's the best crazy and worst seasons. part of the competition. Yeah. Where there's still so much up for grabs, yeah. but it also means that it's giving me an ice cream headache. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, close off, talk about what we're expecting for Friday night down in Adelaide. Alex? Yeah, I think it's going to be um, a, a good game, hopefully. And I, as I, always, yeah, I uh, I do hope that the Raw ladies win. I, I'm pretty confident they will. I'm, yeah. I'm going to say two 0 I think a bogey will be backing from the start as well. That'll be another boost to the Raw's attacking options. Mm-hmm. Last year's game down there was very interesting. It was one of those games where the Raw had to win to keep their premiership, uh, be ahead in the premiership race, and it was a nervy game actually. 
They fell behind by two goals to one and made to come back and win. I think they'll do the same again. They'll win down there in Adelaide. Adelaide season is shot after they lost to Wanderers a couple of weeks ago. They're, they're out of the finals picture. The Royals have got everything to play for. Adelaide really don't, so they should win the game. I think they're going to not need a comeback this time. I think yep. they're going to lead it from early on and come away with a pretty comfortable two-goal win. And I'm also going to actually say that, yeah, they'll get a home final, hopefully Sunday afternoon at Perry Park in a couple of weeks. Hopefully it goes better than the last Sunday final at Perry Park, yeah. if that's the case. Well, mm. that's just setting up a redemption story yeah. storyline for next week. <laughs> anyway, the final Brisbane Raw game this weekend is the A-League. It's away to Adelaide, 6.50pm Queensland time on Saturday night. Now, we all remember the last time these two sides faced off down in Adelaide. Ooh. It was Does oh. Stefan Mork remember it? <laughs> I, yeah, just ask his optometrist. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, what was it? In the last game there, there were two red cards. Yep. Uh, should have been three. Mm-hmm. Uh, an eye-gouging incident. The coaches swearing at each other on the yeah. sideline. <laughs> no, I, well, I, I want to pull you up on that. I think it was only John Aloisi that told uh, Kurz to... Uh, <laughs> Careful. Uh, yeah, yeah, to, to uh, do something. <laughs> Yeah, yes. to go somewhere, yeah. that's the appropriate phrase. <laughs> but either way, it was a dramatic clash. Unfortunately, a lot of the chief antagonists from that game have actually departed. Obviously, <laughs> the Aloisi brothers have since left yep. the Raw. Uh, Stefan Mork appears like he'll be out injured again. Mm-hmm. and um, Taylor Egan's t- gone as well. He's been moved over to Asia somewhere. So, so we won't be seeing oh, any yeah. of the Raw players coming out with swimming goggles on. Oh, may very well. Jordan Elsie's still playing, so he may we, very well need it anyway. Yeah, so actually, if I'm a raw player, I'm not lying face down on the ground at all, conscious yes. or not. There'll be no throwback to the Edgar Davids look, the uh, oh. the goggles. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love to see someone do that. That'd yeah, be great. Bring that look back. Yeah. Who was yeah. it? Mine or Figueroa had that at one point? It was it was a Wigan I player. I don't recall. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a, that's something for you historians to look up. Yeah. But what are we actually going to get out of this game overall? Aside from what I hope is more drama, because mm. let's face it, segment one is going to be a lot of fun next week if it's equally mm. so full on. I have no idea what to expect from this game with the Raw. It, it all depends, of course, how serious take the Wiley Grand Final, because it could depend on who's available here. But mm. it's an interesting one, because Adelaide's home form is not the greatest this season. I think they've only won two games. against One was against the Raw, and the other one was the Mariners at the weekend. Outside of that, they've been pretty average at home. So it's a really tough one to predict what's going to happen here. Yeah, well, I'm actually really interested to see what's going to happen as well, because we were going to talk about this in segment one. I decided to push it to segment four, because in part I forgot to read that part of the run sheet. (laughs) But are we expecting, I suppose, any sort of momentum from that comeback last week? Well, you'd hope so, but whether they can actually convert it on the pitch is another story. At at the moment, I think the the team just looks just a little bit short of confidence. Um, a little bit shorter continuity, maybe flowing on from the confidence and their ability to string even 90 minutes together yeah. seems a bit of a tall task at the moment um, from where I'm sitting anyway. Yeah, I agree with that. I have to see it to believe it, but a last-minute goal like that could be the, the trigger, but I have to mm. see it to believe it. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's something you can hope gives the players a little yep. bit more confidence as well. And obviously the likes of Toby Mickelson, who mm. yeah. look, has struggled so far, but a goal and an assist in his... Uh, what, 20 minutes on the pitch yeah. or something, mm. you really hope that can be turned into something a little bit more um, forward-thinking, I suppose. Now, I've got some breaking news for you two. Uh-oh. Ooh. Literally just come out in the last okay. little while. Uh, coming from the... Messi to Raw? I wish. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> FTBL.com.au, so Ooh. I think the old 442 site. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. Central Coast Mariners defender Khalifa Cisse has accepted an academy role with the club after his contract was terminated by mutual consent. Wait, which club? Uh-huh. Which club? Uh-huh. Central Coast. 
He's way too old for an academy. As a coach. I'm going to say. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I just wanted to... We do do breaking news I was thinking he was clear for CJ. There's no way the Royal had headed him. He no, was no, no. awful for the Mariners. Last sighted on the field, he was arguing with Mike Mulvey, wasn't he, after a silly a red, red card? card. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. evidently... Um, oh, de- definitely someone you want to put in as an example for your youth team, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. How to get a red, <laughs> how to get a red card. <laughs> how to get along with your coach, 101. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that breaking news aside, obviously the rule welcome back this week. Jacob Pepper, Matt Mackay and Eric Bortiak. I think we're going to see all of them come straight back in. I'd, at least two will be Matt McKay and Eric Brochuk will be walk up starts. Maybe mm. Bowles and Devere State centre back, but Pepper will be in the squad either way. Certainly. Mm. Yep. And obviously, who's going to come in for Conor O'Toole, who suffered what was a very unfortunate injury breaking his ankle? I'd say Stefan Negro would be the one, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Unless you're going to maybe start Toby Mickelson and move Daningham back to a more defensive role. That would be the other. They really only need two other options. Oh, please, don't put, please don't put Ingham on the. Left, like yeah. he's been so good going forward. Yeah, yeah he, he, yeah, it'd it take something out of yeah. the attack um, for for Raw, I think, if if you move uh, Dane back yeah. to left back. But. And the thing is, talking about players getting opportunities, Stefan Ego really hasn't had many opportunities mm. in his time at the Raw with Conor O'Toole's unfortunate injury. This is really a big opportunity for him. Certainly. Mm. All right, predictions for the game, Scott. Draw. Uh, I'll go two on Adelaide. Unfortunately, I'm going to go Adelaide win in a high-scoring clash. I'm thinking three-two, maybe. Okay. Bold. All right. Okay. All right, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Alex, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Uh, thanks for letting me join in, uh, gents. And um, uh, uh, again, uh, no new uh, England Patriots joke. So uh, oh. I think I'll get off, uh, you know, maybe earn a few brownie points to come back for next time. So yes. I'll make them next week. Don't worry. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know if it goes bad, you're hosting next week, right, Scott? Great. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, well, we hope you enjoyed your time here for a full thank show you. instead of just a segment. And thank you for having me. Found out that we're not completely unbearable in between recording breaks. <laughs> Scott, thank you. Good to see you again, James. Really? Do you mean that? Uh, on air, yes. The tension. <laughs> <laughs> We're the waiting. The is strong here. <laughs> We're waiting for the Seth Wickersham report of uh, behind-the-scenes tension yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Enjoy the Raw this weekend. Enjoy the NPL this mm. weekend. We'll be back next Wednesday. Mm. But in the meantime, go Patriots, and we'll talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs>